boom, my podcast setup works again. Welcome. Should I call you Ronnie? Should I call you Ultra? Ultra Romance? You can call me Ronaldo. Ronaldo Romance Jr. the third. Uh, it's a strange name, but when your mother names you something like that, you just end up going by Ronnie or Ron, you know. But Ronaldo, right, sounds, right. Actually, Ronaldo rolls. I work with a Ronnie. Nicely. There you go. <laughs> Should be easy. Ronnies are always good guys. Right. So I want to tell you a story on how I came up upon you. It kind of follows my life story too. Similar life story. Um. Let's start in 2014. I was living in a fraternity house, a complete alcoholic, living a very unhealthy life. And I moved, I ended up leaving the fraternity house and moving into a house with two friends. On the side of that house was an old junk mountain bike. At that point, I was like overweight as fuck, unhealthy as fuck. And I started riding this old piece of shit all over Vancouver. And I ended up falling in love with the endorphins, with the biking. I would bike to work. I just said, fuck transit. And boom, fell in love with biking. Second part of the story. After I left university, I tried to get a regular person's job, an office job. But nobody gave a fuck about my degree. So have you ever read the book Vagabonding by Rolf Potts? I have not. No, no, haven't. Uh. You know, I, I'm more of an audiobooks kind of guy, you know? I would listen to this book. It's similar to your life story. I'll get to that. Mm. So I kept getting rejected from office job after office job. And I was like, I, I said, fuck it. I read this book and I was like, wait, you're telling me I can only work half of the year and I could just travel the rest? Especially living in Canada where it's like pretty easy to make money. Right. So I ended up going to Colombia, Ecuador the last two years, and I would just work all summer, pinch my money, and fucking live the life of freedom, dude. Yeah. And then this winter was actually the first winter I didn't do that. I got an office job, and after three months, I had a mental breakdown, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing, dude? <laughs> so I went back to my lifestyle, and I was actually Googled people who work six months a year. And that's where I saw a post from you, not of you, from like 2014 or something. And it was like, this man works six months of the year and bikes the rest. And I was like, holy fuck, there's another one of me out there. And then I ended up reading all the fucking articles about you, seeing all these YouTube videos. And I was like how you biked across New Zealand, how you bike across the United States and all this shit. So I guess the first question I have for you, did you have like some sort of spiritual awakening after you were a road cyclist winning all these races and then you're like, fuck it, I'm going to live a more simple life? I like that. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely winning all of those races. Let's, let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what, I, that's what yeah. I read in one of those. I forget that guy's name. A really long article about you. I like, I like it. Yeah, I like how it, I like, I like it when I get painted favorably. That's good. Good. Right, right. <laughs> <What a great. laughs> um, uh, yeah, in my mom's mind, I win every race. That's the first and foremost. Yes, yeah, so, and so I guess that's where you got to support. Start the story. You have a supportive mother your whole life that tells you you can do anything you want, and uh, you're. And my father, being a uh, charter fishing boat captain, always had seasonal work for me. So yeah, here in here in Connecticut, I would work half the year. Um, never was in one place longer than six months because of that. Uh, from age, you know, really after I graduated high school until uh, present day, still going. Um, and you know, uh, I attribute most of that to. Um, just kind of having the opportunity to figure out, figure out what I wanted to do, the time and the, uh, the time and then the right job to do it. As you were saying, having that seasonal work is, I feel so important, especially once you leave college and to have that, what do they call those? Like a gap year, gap years or whatever, right? where you're going between, you know, what you, uh, what you have been working towards all this time in college, paying all that money for, doing everything that your, you know, parents and uh, teachers and uh, advisors have told you to do all along. And you get through college, whatever, you know, you're like, okay, I did it all. I did it. I graduated in, 
you know, four to seven years or whatever the national average is. And you get out and you've got nothing, you know, <laughs> some people go right into, go right into jobs, but is that necessarily what they want to be doing or what they think they should be doing? You know? Uh, so, um, I suppose, uh, my area of focus was, was in, uh, um, coaching and exercise science and athletic training and, and things like that. And I had always been into bikes and always wanted to be kind of like a, I don't know, a cycling coach of sorts, I suppose. Uh, and, um, yeah, those <laughs> talk about, uh, slim pickings for jobs like that. You know, it's a very specialized, right. uh, yeah, but all along I've been told, oh yeah, yeah, you, you do what you go through, you follow this path, you'll do, you'll do that job. It's America, you know, and uh, that's right, not, right. that's, and as our, I'm not sure. How how old are you? Uh, just turned 27 this year. 27. So I'm, I'm uh, I'm about 12 years older, and it's uh, yeah. So I'll lump our generations together. That's just what our generations are told, you know. And so it's it's um, right, right. And we're all figuring that out now. I guess that's why you have this podcast, right? You know, we're figuring out that that's pretty much complete bullshit, and it's a model that we can no longer base our society off of and that's why we're having this crazy uh you know crazy uh uh lead up to the the next presidency with all these democrats oh, yeah. you know all these uh you know the, oh my god it's so cringy debates. it's wild it's like oh my god yeah and please do any of these people have the power to beat trump i don't know you know you're like oh my god but they are all saying the same thing about how our you know student debt and and just the American dream, just that that was uh, that was a fleeting. I shouldn't say entirely fleeting, but that was like a that was like the 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 greatest generation, the get, make America great again thing post World War Two. Right. Like that's that that moment in time will never come again. Hopefully, because it 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 happened at the cost of of nuclear war. <laughs> you know. So so to celebrate to celebrate when our economy was doing best because of you know, just coming out of two wars and the model that that the sick model that that um, that those series of historical events produced that we are now, uh, I think we're less celebratory of it, but, you know, that we've celebrated as the greatest generation, what we should strive for as America, like that's complete horseshit. And we need to stop selling that, you know, to the youth. So, yeah, I guess wasn't necessarily like an aha or a spiritual moment for me. It was just a lot of thinking while pedaling on my bicycle, I suppose. And um, Right. I think that, that's one of the things. Yeah. yeah Sorry, go ahead, time, go ahead. Yeah. I'm just saying having that time, you know, I, I, I've never been in a rush. Like, you know how we're so glued to our phones now and devices and whatever. I find my, my biking time, which is I'll bike like at least an hour or two a day is like my meditation. It's like when I have time to think when I'm not glued to a fucking device, I'll just let my mind fucking go off. And with the endorphins from fucking biking as hard as I can, you just hit like this flow state where you have like these deep life realizations. Like what the fuck am I doing about all these types <laughs> of things? And yeah. like without it, I think I would be a drone a bit. Like, it's actually, I have such a better day when I get my fucking bike in. What I lose, like, that lethargic feeling. I feel like I almost get, like, a sense of control in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, propelling yourself under your own power, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's independence right there. And we've known that all along with the bicycle, you know, since the very first time, you know, we were able to, I'm saying not as a society, but as individuals, we were able to pedal by ourselves and you know whoever was teaching us how to do it we take off and isn't that not the greatest feeling of freedom you've ever had to your life leading up to however old you were when you learned how to ride a bike but uh you know yeah the point is that feel, that feeling can you know you know you could still have that feeling as an adult that's not a, exclusive to just being a kid you know and for me that's what the bicycle represents it's you know unregulated freedom you know, that's something that's extreme rarity in our society i was actually yelling at a friend on twitter the other day because she said she was depressed on her couch and i was like get a bike and she's like 
I don't have a bike. I don't know how to ride a bike. I was like, get one and get somebody to teach you, dude. Like, it'll <laughs> make you snap out of whatever mental shithole you're in. It's what I do when I'm fucking feeling like shit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Something about circles, right? Pedaling in circles, wheels yeah. turning in circles. It's a lot of metaphors there. Right. What was your first uh, cycle tour trip like? Did you just fucking go without planning anything? Yeah, yeah, I think that's how <laughs> you can go one of two ways, I suppose, with that. You know, you either plan out everything to, you know, how much your toothbrush weighs to uh, just <laughs> kind of, I guess my my experience with my first bike tour was right, right, after, our, right after I graduated college. Um, luckily, it was the summertime, and I tried to ride from Durango, Colorado, back to Philadelphia. And uh, I, gave myself, I gave myself three weeks to do that. And, um, it was, uh, so yeah, I had to ride like 130 miles a day. I think that's like, I, I think I left myself like maybe two days in those three weeks as a rest day. And so already, you know, huge red flag, unrealistic goals. <laughs> um, right. and I was on, I was on a bike, one of those extra cycle bikes. They had just come out where you attach, essentially, uh, you attach the cargo section to the back of another bike and elongate the chain. So you're. Your bike ends up being like the length of two bikes, but you have all this cargo in back. And I just put all my shit in trash bags and strapped it to that. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, started pedaling and it was fucking awful. It was so bad. I, was, I didn't even have a, didn't have a shelter or anything. And I was going right through tornado alley, you know, in the springtime. So you're going across, you know, um, Kansas, Missouri and places like that across the plains and you'd see those dark clouds coming in every afternoon and you know no internet or anything back there so you're you're holding up my my radio to get uh weather forecasts and just hearing like tornado warning after tornado warning after tornado warning you know <laughs> and yeah a few storms i got hit like full-on like hiding underneath the bike while the while like golf ball size hail hit me no tornadoes thankfully but, you know, I, I was sleeping in the atriums of uh, post offices, you know, uh, um, I, I went, got into a, uh, like a, like a, uh, in one of the rainstorms, I got into a, uh, like an auto garage that had left its door open. This is just being naive or just being like a, like a white blonde haired guy in middle America. I woke up in the morning and they're working <laughs> around me. They're just working around me. They didn't even kick me out. <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, my, I, I didn't end up making it the whole way. I, uh, I, I think I had to get on a Greyhound there in towards the end and make it the rest of the way. But uh, it was a bad enough experience that I didn't even attempt it again for another seven or eight years. Oh shit! Okay, so you yeah, had a bit yeah. of a gap there. Were you racing <laughs> yeah. during that time, so, or were you just like biking uh, around that, the city? That was, that was kind of yeah, that was kind of in between, in between racing. But I still had you know racing, racing, uh, racing goals, I suppose, uh, that I had, um, that I had adhered to my touring style. So there I was, you know, full spandex and real skinny tires and just riding as right. fast and lo long as I could, which, you know, it's when you're like 21, 22 years old or whatever, it's, that's, that's true. That's fine. But yeah, it's, it's that, as I found later in life, that isn't, the, that isn't the most, for me personally, not the most fun way or inclusive way to travel by bike or in life in general. Right. Right here in Vancouver, like people have money. So most of the cyclists you see are in those tight spandex, fucking $5,000 bike, just ripping past me. I'll try to keep up with some of these guys, but I have a hybrid bike that has like thin tires, but can go on a little bit of dirt roads and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've always thought like, maybe I'll try to get into the racing and whatever, but I'm like, it's not really what I want to do. I like just biking as far as I can for enjoyment. Like, um, I'm not trying to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. It's more of yeah, like a meditative yeah. exercise practice for me. I haven't yeah, exactly. tried cycle touring yet, though. I'm trying to convince yeah. a friend to try to do a trip here. We live in British Columbia, which is like one of the most beautiful places on earth. It's like the Pacific Northwest for oh, you yeah, guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'll see if I can do like a weekend to see as far as I can go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a beautiful. You live in an absolutely yeah un, unreal area. I had the pleasure of traveling up there. Uh, about seven or eight years ago 
and uh cool um yeah i just did a bunch of stuff uh and what's the what's the island victoria island am i getting that right yeah yeah vancouver island vancouver then, island oh, vancouver and victoria is the capital victoria on the capital did that and then we did some exactly. island hopping north of there there's that there's some island that doesn't allow motorized transportation so it's all bikes and they have a car burning festival each year that was i didn't, we didn't oh, go yeah, for the car dude. burning fest that was pretty cool though I have some pretty weird shit going on out in those islands. I like it. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, dude. They have a lot of like, they still have communes. They still have a lot of yeah. hippies, oh, surfer yeah. it was, vibe. Yeah, it was pretty rootsy, pretty crunchy there. I liked it. That was good. My, uh, my friend just went to like a Burning Man style festival there mm, last yeah, I week. Would, I don't so doubt that they have. There's a bit of that of vibe going yeah. on. Yeah. 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 Um, but back to what you were saying, yeah, you know, up until pretty recently, the bike industry has moved on um, the racing platform, whereas racing, bicycle racing, is the highest level of achievement in the sport that you can achieve, right? So naturally, everybody wants to strive for that as a cyclist to be the fastest racer. Uh, I, you know, the, I think we're in like a pivotal point in the bicycle industry that they're th that they're starting to realize that oh hey that's not that's not inclusive to everybody first off and it's not necessarily i mean to to make somebody a lifelong cyclist like how do you do that do you race them real hard like do a bunch of hard shit and they get burnt out and they move on to crossfit or something or do you like right. make it a fun a fun and sustainable activity that not only, uh, you know, not only gets you from point A to point B, but gets you there, you know, in a way that you're, you're not driving first off. Uh, so you're not contributing to greenhouse gases. You're, um, you don't have to pay for a car. You're not paying for fuel. You're not paying for insurance. You're just riding your bike and you're meditating while you're doing it. Uh, so yeah. I think it's pretty cool that a lot of uh, bigger bike companies now are realizing that and they're realizing that people want to ride off road away from cars. So the whole gravel and not uh, bike packing, bike touring, cycle touring thing is really taking off. And, and I, I know in the U S we have so much public land uh, out West in particular, right. That never gets, never gets used. Uh, and it's out there waiting for us. And I suppose it does get used. It gets used by people in Jeeps and side-by-sides and things like that. But those are only like the main tracks. There's so many places where you can take a bicycle that you can't take any other vehicle, first off. And you can go so much further than you can if you're just walking and carry more weight because you're rolling, not not walking on your feet. Uh, so Right, right. I, yeah, yeah. I just feel the bicycle is just the way to, you know, is the it's this human upgrade you know, that under our own power, with our own minds, we've created this thing that they can't even, did you know that they can't, they, they still haven't figured out how a bicycle works? It's, they used to believe it was this just centrifugal force with the caster effect, and both of those mm -hmm. theories have been disproven, whereas they still, it's a, it's a scientific anomaly. They don't know how the bicycle stands up. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> it's like this magical human upgrade. Uh, you know, it's, it's, um, to not use it and to not utilize it for, for how amazing it is, is foolish to me. Uh, uh, but you know, uh, some people take some convincing, I suppose. Yeah. I try so hard to tell people like people who don't like going to the gym, people that don't like going for runs. Cause like running hurts your knees. It's not. Oh yeah. Oh man. I is try... it boring too? <laughs> yeah sorry i like i like runners i suppose you can get i like runners high yeah 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 tr i like trail, trail running, running. Like jumping, i get a nice running high but yeah 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 yeah, you're yeah not i kind of want to do like a biathlon like no, you gotta a keep, trail you gotta run keep... with some sort of bike <laughs> yeah that, i could see that being pretty good or, or a trail run with your bike on your back and that's cyclocross there you go <laughs> <laughs> is there such a thing as a bike yeah. you can put on your back yet well well yeah, it's like a, thinking about that the other a, day it's actually a racing um a racing platform a pretty traditional one that came from belgium to keep your feet warm they could still race in the winter time mm. and like the pro racer the pro road racers but they can keep their uh they can keep their fitness through the winter in these short intense events where you uh maybe some listeners have seen it happening like in a 
city park field or something, but it's like a closed course and you just race around it like 10 laps for an hour and to the point yeah. where you're puking. You really are. If you're not, if you're not puking, you're not going hard enough, essentially. And there's all these barriers that you have to get off with your bike and run up. And so it's essentially, essentially just seeing who can puke first is the, those aren't the official rules, but that ends up what that's, that's what happens. But no, it's a very popular, uh, very popular way to race. Uh, that that uh, still very popular. Interesting. Have you had yeah, any like? Uh, have you had any close encounters with death on your trips? <laughs> like, have you have you ridden the line of life? Oh, <laughs> oh I, I'd like to. I'd like to think I'm pretty careful about that. But I'm yeah. trying to, I'm thinking back, anything that sticks out. And yeah, no, there's, even with being careful, I um, was on this real dumb one. And that was another New Zealand trip. It was a group mentality. Uh, I read about you know, that. It was the <laughs> helicopter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I already spoiled the ending. But <laughs> long story short, we followed a, a swollen riverbed that was continuously becoming more and more swollen up. And up and up of maybe about oh three thousand feet. Uh, I got I, I I tried to convert that into meters. I'm sorry. <laughs> up a uh, <laughs> up a mountain um, and uh, to the point where the trail disappeared and we were walking in the creek, or now raging river, and uh, up to our waist, carrying our bikes over our heads and um, knowing that there was a you know New Zealand they have these mountain huts. It's actually a pretty cool thing. It's all the old train stations from New Zealand that aren't in operation anymore. They take a helicopter and bring them up and plop them in the mountains as like little uh, little warming huts. They stock them with wood and everything. Incredible. Um, so we knew one of those was just beyond. So we kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. And, and uh, we got to the point where we had to cross one of these swollen, raging rivers. And um, it was impossible. We had one guy try and go. He got swept away. It was a real dumb decision. He pops out, thankfully, on the other side, uh, still alive. And his bike is Shit. down down the ways a little bit. He grabs that. He's Swedish. And he yells across at us, yeah, that was pretty fucking dangerous. <laughs> and so he takes <laughs> off. We're like, we have to, we end up bivying down and, and uh, waiting out the storm another three hours underneath, uh, like, makeshift shelter. And, um, uh, and then the the water subsides a little bit and we end up crossing making uh, after a number of hours, you know, the, everything drains out of there. We end up crossing and we get to this hut and then we realize that there's no way out uh, because our, the way that we had initially intended to cross over and go down the other side uh, was all washed away. Um, it had been a huge storm and in, in a drought condition It had been in a drought all summer. This is the end of summer. And uh, so, yeah, we were stuck up there. And we had a guide with us, this guy whose route this was. He had put it all together. And, uh, yeah, he just takes out his satellite phone and he calls, calls a helicopter. And we're like, what? <laughs> and, uh, and, like, all nonchalant. And he's, this was, apparently this was the third helicopter he'd had to call in a scenario like this. What a guide, huh? <laughs> so, Holy shit. So, yeah, yeah, we got maybe, uh, yeah, he, he um, compared it to, um, ordering a helicopter is like ordering a pizza in New Zealand. They they do it all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> a few hours I'm later, I'm guessing the government covers it. In. I don't know what No, we we definitely pay well. <laughs> Specialized paid for it. <laughs> and okay. uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were out of there in the helicopter like over some of the I mean, if you're going to go on a helicopter ride like the Southern Alps in New Zealand and then in the uh South Island, holy moly. It's, I mean, it's, it was like a real life, uh, real life viewing of Lord of the Rings. You know, you're nice. coming through all those, uh, snow covered peaks. And yeah, a half hour later, we were drinking espresso at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I yeah. imagine if you did that in the U S you'd come out with like a million dollar fine or something. Oh yeah. That or, was, uh, I'm certainly. guessing it would cost way more. It costs, yeah, yeah. This, I believe, that helicopter extraction cost two thousand dollars U.S. And I know for a fact from somebody who I know has firsthand experience. If you get rescued by a helicopter anywhere in the U.S., it's about eighteen grand. 
Holy shit. Yeah, I've heard yeah, stories yeah. of people breaking their arm and going to the hospital and it's like 20 grand without yeah. health insurance. I'm like, Jesus, right, that right. shit doesn't happen in Canada, dude. No, no, it doesn't. Not in New Zealand either. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was yeah. going to ask you, um, have you run into any predators while you're out in the wild on your bike alone? <laughs> like a bear yeah. or something? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, knock on wood, none that have been hostile. Um Certainly plenty right. of black and brown bears, a few grizzlies, very few, a fewer grizzlies, only a few of those. And, uh, um, two mountain lions last year, believe it or not, in California, which Holy is pretty, shit. Wild, pretty wild. No, one in California, one in Colorado. That's very rare. They're very spooked by humans. Um, but yeah. Um, and um, yeah, that's really it. Uh, that's really it. Nothing. No alligators. No terrible snake issues you know lots i come across a lot of rattlesnakes in the western u.s but um yeah i i, I i'm always looking out for wildlife because you know there nothing out there is going to actively stalk and attack you as a human you're you're you know you're not what they want i don't i guess we don't have the right taste our meat doesn't taste well i, I suppose so the you know a grizzly or a mountain lion a mountain lion will stalk you if it's starving you know but most of the time it just sees a bicycle pass by and and it's uh the same um it's the same uh um uh uh i'm doing well thanks sorry neighbor uh <laughs> bicycle pass by going the same speed as as a deer and a mountain lion sees speed not it doesn't see doesn't see sight that sounds weird so it chases after you thinking you're a deer not that they're not chasing you thinking you're a human uh so and you don't want to startle the grizzly bears i'm sure lots of people in british columbia know um yeah so, Wait, so you're yeah, not supposed make... to bike past these things fast <laughs> don't pass don't pass them fast no <laughs> certainly oh, not God. The, uh... okay I have a... <laughs> well you know, I have grizzly, a story grizzly, that can be different <laughs> grizzly you got to work them a little bit right you gotta like you gotta like uh, you keep your keep a safe distance, but kind of work them. You know, you 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 see them there. You make your noise. You, you make yourself seen, and kind of uh, um, just make sure you don't get too close or surprise them. That's the that's the main thing that uh, in my, oh my, my personal experiences. What's your story? Uh, last month or around April, my friend and I went in deep into the mountains, and uh -huh. we did acid all day. <laughs> and... <laughs> We had biked all the way up, like, 20 kilometers behind my house. I live on the north shore of Vancouver, North Vancouver, which is, like, pretty much built into nature. So we uh -huh. went deep into the mountains, and on the way back, on the way back, it, the sun was about to set. Our experience was starting to calm down, but it was still mm -hmm. wavy. And mm -hmm. we ran into a bear on the only road back. <laughs> and it wouldn't, move off, it wouldn't move off the road. Mm -hmm. I could barely see it, dude. It looked like an orb of light in front of me. Uh -huh. And we had to stalk it for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and it wouldn't move off the road. It didn't give a fuck about us. We were banging our helmets and yelling. Uh -huh. It was a smaller bear, so we were like, holy fuck, its mom okay. could come out and just fuck us up right now. <laughs> and eventually we worked up the courage to just bike past it as fast as we could. And luckily, it was a bit of a downhill, so we were like, uh -huh. fuck it, let's just do it, let's do it. There's no other way. The sun was about to set. Mosquitoes were fucking us up, uh, and mm -hmm. we just went for it. And uh -huh. it was actually the most thrilling experience. I felt like I was an avatar, like an aboriginal <laughs> in this experience, like just blowing past it. And now that you say I shouldn't blow past it, that it oh, might well, chase me, like, should I, should that, I just walk likely. past it? Like. No, not, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm giving out, I'm giving out bear survival advice to Canadians. I, I'm going to get attacked for this. <laughs> the, yeah, most like, you know, most likely if it's a small bear, I mean, I suppose it could be a, a grizzly cub, but you know, smaller bears, especially if you watch it a while and it is alone, indeed, uh, then it's you know likely not a grizzly. Um, and right, you, can, right. you can you can get a you know there. Those those types are uh, you know black or a brown bear. It's you know you'd you'd have to really really um you have to really do something stupid to oh, I shouldn't say stupid that's going to come back to haunt me. You have to really, you have to really <laughs> you know you'd have to really I I you have to really provoke a black or brown bear for for them to to come after you. 
Um, most of the time, especially if you're near civilization, they're just looking for trash. Right, right. We were like yeah, a good 20k yeah. away from civilization, uh, but yeah, there was yeah. like garbage yeah. bins everywhere. Like our oh, well, there our you parks go. are that's, pretty well kept. Yeah, that's what they're. You know, those those types of bears that you see near near civilization or near garbage bins and things like that. That's the only reason why they're there, and they're used to seeing humans. So that's why he didn't move. Right. Um, which does actually oh, make it inherently more more dangerous because they are not scared of humans at all. You know, so the the old like make yourself look big and make a lot of noise doesn't spook them away. The those are a little bit more tricky. Interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to avoid that situation trash again. Bears. Yeah, those are called trash bears. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask you, are you still living off of like ten grand a year and barely working? I see you're selling bikes now. Do you think you've like elevated your financial status? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, since 2014, I have uh, the last five years. I've been pretty hard at work actually with my own stuff uh which is pretty rewarding i i don't i haven't worked on the the boat in four four summers now so i've been completely okay. uh uh completely supporting myself and my partner nam uh we both do, we both are in this endeavor together and we um yeah we have a number of bicycle related products that we sell and and with uh it was pretty neat with having a um you know a decent instagram reach uh for marketing you don't have to right. have you don't have to have um you could do stuff real diy it's actually in you know this whole uh uh one of the big plus sides maybe <laughs> arguably maybe one of the only plus sides of social media in modern times has been uh you know if used properly uh and you have a good product you can get it out there and you don't have to you don't have to go through a big corporation and you could compete with a big corporation with your small idea because you may have right. a larger reach than say, you know, company B or whatever, you know? And so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really rewarding, uh, capitalizing on that's, I don't like that term capitalizing, but <laughs> too close <laughs> to capitalism, but the, it, it's a, it's been fun, um, making this sort of like, uh, <laughs> If you say, I suppose if people on who follow you on social media are your like cyber friends or whatever you want to call them, yeah, it's a, it's a friend economy with your cyber friends. Boy, that sounds fun. Uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I've got um, a tire company, uh, I've got uh, uh, bags that I sell through Swift Industries in Seattle, right near you, actually, and um, oh. uh, that those are my my main hustles, and then I've got a number of other branded products that i've designed and i have other people make and drop shift so i sh drop ship so i never have to have uh stock i never have to carry anything around it, it's just um it, it ships from the makers oh through you my, automated uh, it oh, yeah yeah awesome. yeah yeah so uh so yeah my my day still consists of answering a lot of emails and doing um so i i also do a lot of other projects like i manage uh i manage uh a team for I guess you could call us a race team. That's that's a pretty loose term for what we do out there. But I, I manage this team for uh, Brooks Saddles um, and put together all these brands to make this team. And we go around to a bunch of events. I do uh, um, film production, just been touring around showing uh, my first offering that we did on uh, Kodak Super 8. Uh, I contribute photos and stories to blogs and magazines. And yeah, it's really keep myself pretty busy um but i i still make sure that you know this will be my last thing that i have to do today and then i'll go on a bike ride so i still make sure that you know, the awesome. last, from three o'clock on you know if i'm not done doing something you know then it's not going to get done until the next day and i go on a bike ride this so seems like you found a good balance in your life yeah and it's all these rewarding things you know? It's really rewarding and it's not something that i could have gone to a guidance counselor for in high school in 1998 and been like hey uh i'm gonna uh i'm gonna i'm gonna sell uh high-end cyclo touring bags off of a social media app that's what i want to do with my life you know and i'm gonna ride my bike and i'm not gonna ever go into an office i'm gonna do it all from this this tiny like miracle device that's in my pocket you know like give me a break that's fucking ridiculous and that's my life. <laughs> I'm glad you went for it, dude. Like yeah, a lot of yeah. people, 
A lot of people still, even with all these amazing, all these amazing tools we have, they still go for the slow lane, the nine to yeah. five. And yeah, well, I did safe. it for three months, and I was like, I was like, no, I can't do this, dude. Yeah, I got yeah. one life. <laughs> yeah, not realizing that. And now for me, early on too, it was just knowing that, realizing that I didn't want kids, and and then yeah, and didn't want to get married or anything, and that that really frees you up. I get I. It's amazing, what, right? What, what kind of how liberating that is? Because all of a sudden you don't have a timeline. Your that's your timeline, right? Because what do you have to do to achieve those two things? Uh, you, you, oh, you don't have to, but the typical way to go about it is have fun, financial security. So you're taking care of a child. You know, you're uh, they need to go to college. They need to have opportunity. You know, you want to be a good parent, so you want to be there for them. Uh, so there's all these things that you need to put on a timeline and uh um you know before you're too old to do all that and and you know for me realizing that i didn't that wasn't necessary that wasn't what i wanted with life and that i wanted to continue exploring what else i could do with my own imagination and uh on my own terms uh what a liberating feeling that is to know that you don't have to make that much money to do that and um when you don't need to make that much money, you have the gift of time. You're not selling your time anymore. It's your time is yours. Right. And uh, it's up to you to do what you want with that. I live in the most expensive city in the world, apparently. And <laughs> I've got my I've got my cost of living down to like sixteen thousand Canadian dollars, which is maybe like twelve thousand American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that gives good. me the ability that gives me the ability to save a bunch of money and then Yeah. yeah leave go somewhere in the winter the winter here is pretty gloomy it's like mm-hmm. rainy and you don't mm-hmm. see the sun for months so i'm probably gonna go to mexico or somewhere interesting this winter i'm just nice. working right now as a contractor learning mm-hmm. how to use tools and shit and i think it's a good life yeah i'm no, gonna the, do it again that's my when i i get asked the question often enough to have a default answer when people ask him you know how do you um, you know, what, what's your advice for, for, you know, just living differently? I, I always, always answer that with, uh, you know, find seasonal work because when you don't have to be somewhere, you know, it, it's, you could have the, the nine to five and what do you, I mean, some people only have like one week of vacation a year and they, and oftentimes they don't even use it. I, I don't know right. what. If you're conditioned to that and you don't don't know anything different, then and you're and you're still happy, then that's great. That's great. That does that does happen for sure. But I know, and you know, and anybody else who walks through a supermarket or a subway station or a you know any densely populated place where working class people are filtering through, there aren't, there aren't too many people that look so happy out there. You know, it's it's less and less. It's, it's pretty. It's it's pretty scary, pretty sad, you know, it's shocking to, to, to know that, you know, someone's just looking down at their phone, like looking at um, an Instagram feed full of um, unattainable model looks or, you know, different lives that they want to have that are advertised by the rich and the famous and pop culture. And, and they are stuck, you know, working an office job. 10 steps removed from the end product, you know, and they have to wake up for it every morning and they don't take any vacation. So that indicate that would indicate that that's their everyday life every single day, except for the weekend. So, you know, that's, that's one way to do it for sure. But, um, there is an alternative. Yeah. At the same time, like we still have this vision of the American, the Canadian dream and like, if you can't achieve it because wages are so low now, costs are going up, people aren't actually mm-hmm. getting the jobs they thought they were going to get. Like the only other answer I see is like learning to cut your expenses down as low as possible and mm-hmm. trying to build things that you want to do, whether it's travel, whether it's starting some sort of business or whatever. But like mm-hmm. if you get trapped in like a consumerist life into wanting to get that white picket fence and all that shit, like it's getting harder and harder to do that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're having to work harder and harder for it too. You know that's the so and you're debt. not all, you're in debt. You know that's <laughs> either work harder and harder for it or just put it on a credit card and deal with it later, right? And that's the, 
we've all we've all learned that lesson <laughs> yeah but yeah dude, we, live in, we live in a we live in a capitalist society here this is i've uh i i hope and feel that this is that we're almost we're at peak capitalism here and there's only you know we need certainly need to change how we do our economy but uh you know until then we, people are buying you know working worthless jobs buying worthless things and living uh empty worthless lives um that's you know this has got to stop and it's all being made in china it's crazy yeah i feel like i feel like we need to get out of like this hyper corporate world yeah. like uh, more things like what you're doing like I feel like small businesses are disappearing. Like you don't see mom and pop mm -hmm. shops that much anymore. It's like a subway here. It's Tim Hortons, mm -hmm. Safeway mm -hmm. all over the place. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, I feel like, I feel like we need more small commerce, people having more ownership of where their money comes from and whatnot. And it's getting harder and harder mm -hmm. with, I guess you can use Amazon now to sell your shit, but Amazon's like sucking up so much no, fucking money. I know. Yeah, we're addicted to it. So addicted to Amazon. Guilty. I'm I'm guilty of that even, you know? It's just Me so too, fucking brother. convenient. <laughs> I love Whole Foods. <laughs> Whole Foods. Yeah, so, so They're certainly owned by the Amazon drug, now. Yeah, Amazon by Amazon. It, it's, you know, it's, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly hypocritical. Uh, and I will admit that, uh, be the first to admit that uh, in that regard. But yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, I suppose, I, I want to say this about America. We're we are um, um, scared to death to not have health insurance, uh, and even though our deductibles are ten thousand dollars for like a plan that costs four hundred dollars a month to somebody whose rent that's is fucked. just a little bit more than that, you know, like that that's crazy. And so th these this is what young people out of college are dealing with. They're kicked off their parents' insurance if they have it, um, and they're told that if something happens to you, you're fucked. Like you're totally fucked if something happens to you. So you, what do you do? You get a corporate job because they have benefits or you get a state job, they have benefits. So you, being the days of, of just being an artist or, or, or being an entrepreneur and things like that and, and, and feeling that, that job security, that um, you know, health, health insurance security that you get from these bigger corporations, that's what draws people towards them and away from doing something meaningful of their own. You know? And um, I'd like to tell you know anybody in our country like like fuck that ten thousand dollar deductible. The chances, yeah, there are chance there is a chance that you are going to get fucked up and be fucked, but that's a slim chance, and it's not worth the alternative. Like go out and do the shit that you want to do, be it a, build a small business up, and it's some work hard at it, but it's something of your own. You're not giving your time and you're not selling your time and money to somebody else to do something totally meaningless with. You know, this is your own time. Like take it. And don't think that, you know, not having health insurance is the end all. Uh, that's what's taught to us. And it's fear, you know, it's a fear tactic. Hopefully that'll change soon. Hello. Hello. Oh, did we, did we not record that last part? I don't know. It was kind of, I could barely understand what you were saying. I think it lagged out a bit. I got the okay. message though. I got the words through. Okay. I'm guessing you were telling people to take risks despite the lack of health insurance. Hopefully yeah, you guys get yeah. health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hello. <laughs> I think, um, I think I pay like uh 23 bucks a month if I make more than 25 grand a year for health uh -huh. insurance. Yeah, yeah, twenty-three that's, Canadian dollars. That's, that's like great. eighteen yeah. American dollars, dude. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. But not us. My not brother, us. my my brother had like a rare blood disease, and the medicine costs like twenty grand or something. Completely governed by the BC government, dude. Our family mm -hmm. never had to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like, I hear those horror stories about the U.S. Like, I read one about a mom who left her kid outside the hospital so that she wouldn't have to go inside even though the kid was having like an allergic reaction and right. could like fucking choke to death at any moment. But she was so scared of the potential debt that she would have to take that mm -hmm. she would have to choose between the massive debt or the life of her newborn child. Like 
That is just fucking insanity. What are we doing here? Yeah, classic, <laughs> classic, right? Oh, it's just crazy. Yeah. So that's those are the that's the fear that's put in us. You know that if we don't get one of these these corporate jobs, these big business, big big uh, big jobs that give us health benefits, but and in, in return takes our souls. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. it doesn't give you much. Uh, it doesn't give you it doesn't give you much motivation to strike out on your own. You know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Even, what I was saying when I cut even out here, is yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, what I was saying. Go ahead. Uh, maybe after or before I cut out is you know the 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 uh, you know the chances of something of like that happening to you are there certainly, but it's very rare. You know, and uh, you have to understand that that's very rare and not let that get in in the way of doing something that you actually want to do. There's a lot of uh, modern doctors. I don't know if you've ever heard of Gabor Mate. He's a famous doctor here that works with uh, the downtown east side, which is where all our homeless people and drug addicts tend to congregate. Anyways, his work says that uh, a lot of our sicknesses like uh, mental health, cancers, all sorts of disease come from the stress of living like this unfulfilled life. Mm -hmm. you, you can see it almost intuitively. There's people who smoke that eat like shit, but if they're like generally happy with the way they live their lives like they'll live to 90 something years old yes yeah right so yeah, you're seeing point. a lot of people in their 30s getting these fucking terminal diseases mm. getting these terminal diseases after working in some fucking corporation and living those the american dream supposedly whatever and then they have like these near-death situations where they're like what the fuck was i doing dude this isn't <laughs> who i am and suddenly their disease goes away when they start living the fucking fulfilled life that they mm -hmm. want to be living Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know absolutely. if that's like completely scientifically proven, but it's like intuitive. <laughs> like when I was working this, when I was working this office job, I hated, I literally thought I was going into madness and I was losing my mind. I felt sick. I started feeling like pain in my body and I was like, what the fuck am I doing, dude? And snapped out of it luckily. And I'm feeling pretty good right now working on this shit and working that's, my seasonal that's job. A, that's a scientific planning my trip to get wherever the fuck I'm going to go. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh where are you gonna be this summer um this summer i am uh just about to head back to the west coast <laughs> i hope so <laughs> yeah here visiting the uh parents are you gonna be family. on the west coast yeah i'm going i'm gonna be in um seattle to uh i have a this film that i worked on um i might hit i might hit summer. you up dude i want to do a cycle tour well yeah, well, I won't be I won't be in Seattle to cycle tour. Unfortunately, I'm just there to go over some business stuff with uh, my bag maker, Swift Industries in oh, Seattle. Oh, I think we're coming and, in a bit. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm just just going there. You hear me now? <laughs> Hello, come in over. Hello. Hello. Oh, we're good now. We're good. You're now. clear now. All right. Yeah, I'm going. Oh, maybe uh, not. I'm, no, I'm not. Good. Hello. hello 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 do i have you hello 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 <sighs> well this thing almost i works. can't hear you anymore can't hear me anymore i can hear you strange I guess that can you hear me recording. i can I hear your... you i can hear you um let me go back on. Maybe. Okay, I'll try this. Oh, now. you're back. I'm back. You're back. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. All right. I was I was saying, uh, going to Seattle, not to cycle tour, but to visit um, my bag maker in in Seattle, Swift Industries. Oh, and right, then, right. Uh, showing the the film California Gold that I uh, worked on last year. So um, after that, headed to Idaho and Montana for two and a uh, month and a half to do. Uh, the Wild West Idaho portion. That's a like a eight hundred mile route through some trails and dirt roads in Idaho. Um yeah, do some hot springing. And uh yeah, this is always a time in summer where it's a lot of uh photo gathering. I, I always look at my bicycle as a place to bring my cameras so that I could take photos of things. And so nice. uh yeah, I, I do that. That's that's uh that's what these trips are all about. So it's it's a, it's a nice thing to do. I, I sell those photos and get paid for something that you enjoy. I really enjoy photography and That's bicycles. That's the dream. So combine those two, and I'm, I'm very happy. And I get to do it all <laughs> with my with my 
beautiful, <laughs> loving partner, Nam. Awesome, dude. If I wanted to start cycle touring, do you have any advice? Like, can I do it on a hybrid bike or do I need to get like a specific oh, bike? You, yeah, you could do it just on your hybrid bike with a backpack on if you want to. You know, just start small. That's what That's I what thought. I, yeah, start small. Just do one overnighter, an overnighter, like a sub 24-hour overnighter even. Or just pick, a, pick, something, pick something off of the train out of the city. You know, like how far out of the city can I get on the train? And then, you know, don't bother with, junk miles in the city like get as far out as you can and then ride from there and do a loop and even if it's just a 10 mile 10 miles to your or however kilometers that is to your your camp spot you know just just do that spend the night there have a fire ride back you'll 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 have a uh you'll be refreshed you'll have a so many moments of clarity out there and it's uh it's a wonderful time to spend the evening uh so or you might just get attacked by bugs and not sleep at all. But you know, right. you'll learn you'll learn for the next time. You'll be prepared. It's just a, a number of overnighters I always suggest, you know, aim small. A number of overnighters, at least five overnighters before you try and do something bigger. Okay. A lot of that stuff makes to sense. figure out. A lot of stuff to figure out there. But, you know, it could be as complicated or as simple as you, you want. And um, the only thing that can change all that is just doing it a number of times and figuring out what, what you need. I talked to one of my friends about doing it. I think we're going to plan for it this month. Yeah. Maybe yeah. do a weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Weekends are great too. Two nights, one night, whatever. It's great. Just get out, get outside, sleep outside. It's the best. Oh, yes. I'm excited. <laughs> I guess this is a good place to wrap it up. All right. Well, I'm uh, glad we finally got Thanks a lot for doing on. this, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, for dude, so, I've been so trying many, for a uh, while. It's all good. Sorry for so many almost. Yeah. <laughs> all good, dude. It's good. We got a good right. vibe today. Very good. Um, Very good. I was going to ask you, or I was going to give you some advice. All right. I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> Since you got your big platform now, I tell this to everybody now, like, you know how mm -hmm. we were talking about social media is like such a useful tool if you use it right? Mm-hmm. If you want to start meeting crazy people like this, like kind of how I sent you a direct message, you can do that too, dude. Like that's how I've been mm -hmm. meeting. That's how I started in journalism. That's how I mm -hmm. fucking reach people. Just send out a bunch of DMs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure. sure you already do that. I'm you're already yeah. in the DMs. <laughs> and thank you, thank you for accepting mine. Sometimes people don't even read them. <laughs> or you just get seen. I understand that's a term. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't. Uh, I like it when I don't get seen. At least yeah, I know yeah, it wasn't seen. seen. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, so, people are starting to respond, so I'm happy. I'm that's happy. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, thanks a lot, Frank. Thanks for having me. Good luck thanks, man. with your future endeavors. And. uh yeah. You too, Cheers. man. I'll hit you up if I'm in the U.S. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Bye. Awesome. Have a great day.